What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. And um, you guys should feel very lucky because, as I told Harris earlier, I was real close to just uh, not doing a topic for today um, because a lot of other stuff was happening and also just hadn't done one. Really not too many excuses, to be perfectly honest. So, therefore, I decided to hunker down and and uh, I got a topic prepared this morning, so... There is going to be one today, as you guys know from clicking on the episode with the title and picture. But anyway. Unless this is just a really elaborate double fake for me, because you haven't actually told me what it is yet. It could just oh, be Oh, no, of course that. not. Of course not. we got to wait for that. Um, uh-huh. Anyway. So, before we get into that, I was actually thinking the other – I was thinking like uh, a few days ago. I was like, you know what? It probably would be better if we just went back to not talking about any current wrestling stuff and just going and just doing the episodes as far as like li- like listenability goes like yep. in the future. <laughs> However, I, st- I-, I still want to talk about stuff going on in wrestling, so I figured screw it. I don't care. Okay. Not, enough, not enough people listen anyway for me to justify that. Great um, update. We thought about changing the format of the show, decided not to. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Oh, man. Because I wanted to talk about Dynamite again, because it continues to be amazing. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is Cody Rhodes just going to, like, slowly bleed himself to death defending this TNT championship? No, I, I just don't understand. People have become so desensitized to this, and it's... It's frustrating. He's trying to bring it back. The The only problem is no one else in a company will join him in it. <laughs> but I have all the respect in the world for him trying to bring back old school wrestling things. And, uh, and that's one of them. That was a big time staple in several eras of wrestling. Um, especially, obviously, with his dad. He was one of the right. biggest proponents of it. It's like Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes and then all the deathmatch people back right. in the 80s. And I mean... In- Dustin very famously got fired for playing oh, yeah. in a WCW match. We it's talked about that. Thing. Check that episode out with the worst W, the, the worst wrestling pay per view of all time, and I think we all can agree that Bold uncensored statement. uncensored ninety five was the worst wrestling pay per view ever. We did a whole episode on it. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. Ric Flair and Drag. That that was that was great. That was a great show. Uh, Arn Anderson with the bucket on his head in the boxing match. That was, that was good stuff. But anyway, um, no, I, I saw, but I saw several people complaining about it. To be honest, I'm never going to complain about blood ever. Cause I like it in wrestling. <laughs> and, um, also to me, it made sense. A bunch of people were saying, Oh, this match didn't need it. What, what is that? But to me, I totally get the rationale behind this. Cause you have a baby face versus a baby face. And you have Cody, who's really the ultimate babyface in the whole company. And you have Jungle Boy, 
who's now the underdog, you know, super nice, everyone mm-hmm. loves him baby face. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cody has to be able to kind of play a heel a little bit just because he he kind of is in that position as the champion, but also still, you know, is the baby face and wants to get some sort of sympathy. How in the world can you get sympathy when you're the champion, executive of the company, wrestling against the underdog Jungle Boy? How can you get any sympathy whatsoever? Blood. So I, I, I get the rationale behind behind doing that. At least that's the way I looked at it. That makes sense. To me, I mean, the best explanation I heard was he's doing this in the main event, defending the TNT title for the first time. Sure. It's about putting the title over as much as it is creating any particular dynamic in the match. That Sure. As crazy as that match got, it makes the title look like a big deal, which I think is fair. I just feel like Cody does it a lot. I'm not mad that he does it, but every time he does, I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing this again. To be fair, fair, he has the last three times – He's only bled three times going all the way back to full gear the last, uh, like, two pay-per-views ago. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what happens when you don't have that many pay-per-views. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like he does it a lot more often than he actually does because they don't have that many big shows that require it. Yeah, because he, he bled in that full gear one uh, with Jericho for the title, which wasn't even intentional. It's when he literally broke his face on the ramp. <laughs> And still right. has that massive scar now because of how badly he got busted open. So that doesn't even really count. Mm-hmm. And uh, then in the MJF match, it was MJF that bled, not him. And, and then he bled in the Atlanta Steel Cage match because it was a cage. And I think you should always bleed in cage matches because it doesn't really make any sense not to. Um, and then what, what, what else? When was the last time he bled? Other than the I think the other one I'm this thinking one. of is when he fought Dustin, but that was Dustin bleeding. Way yeah, too that much. was Dustin that, again, bleeding. Wasn't Cody. And that was over a year ago now. Yeah. And he didn't bleed at double or nothing against Archer, did he? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so I don't really understand where this is coming from. He really hasn't done it that much. It's just no one else does ever. That's that's I guess yeah. why I think why it is. It I think it's just out. a public perception thing. Because yeah. it, it, it's not really happening that much, and people keep acting like it is, but mm-hmm. it's really not, if you think about it. He's bled, like, four times in, like, a year. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with, one, nobody else really does it, and two, the, uh, there's just not that many pay-per-views. So, the big, yeah. it, it spaces stuff out. and and uh, But anyway, so I like that, and that match was fantastic. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, we knew it was going to be because it's Jungle Boy and Cody. It's going to be awesome, and it was. The thing, the thing I did enjoy about that main event, again, putting over the title and putting over the match, especially when you have a good guy and a good guy, is you know, like the Nightmare Family came out to check on Cody, and that's cool, and that you know, but I've seen that happen a few times because they always stick together, and they've got Cody's back in a couple of different feuds. I really liked luchasaurus and marco stunt also coming out and marco stunt just standing there like did you kill my dad is he okay (laughs) (laughs) that was a really great touch and like they weren't squaring off or fighting like it was respectful all around but they were just like whoa that was crazy yeah we We better check on our friend that was a nice touch i haven't seen that a ton from them like i said you expect it from the nightmare family that was just really funny yeah and also i feel like uh, jungle boy almost like 
ripped his thigh because with that crossroads, how his legs hit the rope. Mm-hmm. Like it looked, that part looked worse than the crossroads. It's like, did he just rip his hamstring? Like that looked yeah. terrible. Like, ow. And then also he kept the feud going with MJF, which was awesome. Cause MJF is a freaking national treasure to watch. <laughs> and it, it, it further amazes me how AEW is able to do this. They're able to constantly have like three different threads going on at any one time. So you can constantly have matches that mean something, but still have other stuff being built up at the same time. They're really mm-hmm. good at that. Um, which another good example was with the uh, interview with FTR. They basically set up like three potential feuds with one interview. And now there's a million directions you can keep building to. So they're really good at that. As, and especially compared with WWE, who can't even build one story at a time. AEW is able to do basically three or more with different people all at once. Yeah, you can tell. I, I think there's Cody's spoken on this more, but you know the the wrestlers versus, or I'm sorry, writers writing for wrestling versus bookers booking wrestling feuds. Yeah, kind of an old school versus new school approach, and I feel like this is a result of that. It's people closer to the actual matchmaking looking around and saying, okay, how can we set this up or this up or this up as opposed to, I think the WWE model, which is saying, okay, uh, this person's fighting with this person. You write a story around that. Mm-hmm. And then you're just kind of stuck and stuff. So, like I, sometimes it works. Sometimes it really doesn't. And you don't, you, you rarely feel like they have this bigger picture plan Yeah, or like teasing feuds or building storylines organically like they do in AEW. Yeah, I mean, think about Jericho. Jericho's setting up this big thing with Tyson and also with Orange Cassidy. <laughs> which is going to be the greatest match in the history of wrestling when this finally happens, whenever. And again, just slowly building it. All Orange Cassidy did was walk into the shot last week. That was right. it. And then all he did this time was just walk into the ring and didn't even do anything. He put Jericho's yeah. hands in his pockets. That's it. Like, you don't have to have characters interact and then have a feud at the next pay-per-view no. and feud for three months. You can just have Chris Jericho really hate a guy for like eight months. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> yes, it is. It works great. I so, really love uh, orange Cassidy is obviously one of my favorite AEW breakout stars because he sure. plays so well off of the straight angry heel. He's it's the exact same thing he did with Pac. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, except it was it's with Chris Jericho, who's yep. just angry in a different way. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Okay. It is. The only other thing I can think of from AEW I want to talk about. How many times in history has a wrestler gotten hurt and then gotten way better because of like the angles they started working while they were hurt? Because Britt Baker in a wheelchair as the <laughs> role model, getting herself carted up to ringside in like a gator mm-hmm. is absolutely incredible. I was so entertained by that. Yeah. It's I good. never cared. Th- this is kind of messed up, but I really never cared about Britt Baker at all until she got hurt and started rolling around in a wheelchair and just that little twist of the dial dialing it up to 11 really did it for me. I'm, I'm into it. Now. Her, her starting to do the dentist promos and some of that stuff before what was, was really good. And she'd started to become much better in the ring. She had that amazing match with Sheeta like a month ago, where she mm-hmm. got her face busted open, mm-hmm. which was awesome. That was a great match. Um, that was really, to me, that was really your first really great wrestling match. Um, I, and obviously, that's like 
80% because Sheeta is the best female wrestler in the company and can wrestle with anyone. But uh, but no, you're right. Yeah, she's she's used this she's used this injury to her advantage better than almost anyone I can think of in recent memory. You're you're definitely right. It's very entertaining. It's very entertaining. And who is who's I don't know that who's her toady like the girl I driving. Don't, I don't remember what her name is. She but. has her. She's sitting in the back of this thing in a wheelchair. Has this girl back the gator up to ringside so she can yell at the baby face in the ring. And then when the person in the ring is like, I'll come fight you right now. I don't care that you're in a wheelchair. She's like, no, no, back up, back up. And she makes this girl like peel out and almost falls out the back because I don't think she's strapped down. And oh, it's great. It's just great little dumb moments like that. Yeah, it's good. It, it was good. I agree. Um, the other thing is that the tag team title match was awesome. So Megan Page versus uh, Sabian and, and Havoc. Sabian and Havoc are an awesome tag team. I really I'm really digging them. And they put on a great match, 20-minute long. Again, they always do this. They start the show with some big, epic match, and it's like, boom, there we go. Wrestling show started right off the bat. I don't even think they took a commercial break in that entire 20-minute match. And I think it just went straight through, and it was fantastic. I mean, obviously obviously I'm annoyed with Omega and Paige because they, they weren't a tag team and they're just like, oh, here, our very second tag team champions are not even a tag team and we have like 12 real tag teams. And that still kind of bugs me. But it's impossible to ignore that they're, fa- I mean, obviously they're two of the best wrestlers in the company, so every match they're in is phenomenal. And I can't wait for their tag team title match with best friends at a fighter fest because best friends have been on a roll as of late and i think that could be that's gonna be a lot of fun also so and then obviously with the revival uh, with ftr and all that stuff there's tag team divisions looking solid and i'm expecting good things as we move forward for sure um well that was pretty much a show uh, brian cage had another squash match which i think is the right move especially with a newcomer who's just a big beast like him i think that's the right way to do it and that'll be fun him and moxley um it's a good fit for moxley's style that type of just dominant because it's you know it it, moxley's the the wrestler who's just gonna get beat down for a lot of the match and then but stay in there and enjoy getting beat down and then find a way to win at the end it's a great baby face type of wrestler and so you know someone like brian Cage just fits perfectly with that i think but Anyway, anything else? Uh, Bailey and Sasha won the tag titles on Friday night. Bailey oh. two belts. Okay. I know you don't care, and it th- this is the one thing in WWE right now that kind of makes me sad. There's no fans for because I think they're doing the slow burn to Bailey Sasha part, you know, five really, really well. And yeah, well, if like they hadn't ruined if it, they hadn't ruined this for the past six years, then I would care. Right. But see, here's the th- like. I think in wrestling, because wrestling never stops, you just need to give things time. And since it's been so long since the last time they tried to do this and botched it, I'm back on board again. Like, they've been friends for so long as obnoxious heels at this point that it's working. And I don't think they're going to pull the trigger on them breaking up anytime soon. Like, it's going to be another two or three months. But nobody, like, some people watch it on SmackDown. I don't watch all of it. And then there's nobody in the arena, so it really feels like they're setting this up really well, and nobody sees it because nobody's nobody sees it right now. Nobody no. sees anything right now. But nope. 
it's going to be great. At some point, they're going to lose. Sasha's going to take the pin, and then they're going to break up and fight for the women's title. And it's going to be really good. Hopefully, people can see it by then. I read the original plan. I know you don't care about this, but I just think it's interesting. <laughs> the original plan was I'm, – I'm really proud of them for this. Like as far back as January, they were like, look, SummerSlam's in Boston. We're going to get to Bailey Sasha by SummerSlam. So it'll be in Sasha Banks' hometown, and it'll be bananas. Like, people will love it. Well, now SummerSlam's not going to happen in Boston. So, like, the one thing (laughs) that they did well and had really well planned out, like a year in advance, nope, that's gone now too. But that's good. It's a good thing that's happening right now. It's exciting. Shout out to WWE. I don't know what else is going on. I haven't followed anything else in the company, but... No, I I don't. Don't know. Gronk, Gronk left don't think anybody really cares um, about that. Has the 24 seven title even existed since WrestleMania and Gronk had it like, or is it just gone since Gronk left with it? Well, no, no, no. Our truth beat him. I think oh. a week or two ago, got it back. He did like Gronk came yeah. back. Well, like he found him somewhere. I didn't watch it, but it was like he, he caught him somewhere in Tampa. Like he snuck up on him and pinned him in a, you know, pre-taped thing. And then, Oh, well, Gronk. okay. That's good, yeah. I so our truth got it back. He's he he, he okay, staked well, his claim. Well, good. Can we just rename the title the the R Truth Championship? I really think it's warranted. Point, isn't it? I think it's warranted at this point. I think some saying. other people need to win it, man. I'm like it, it's it's a fun concept. Just let other people play off of it. He's good, but who cares? It boy, doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I just listen. If it's an excuse to get our truth on the show. If I watched the show, I would really want to see that. That's fair. The only thing I have to say is I'm disappointed that Fox didn't work out some sort of deal where R-Truth would pin Gronk for the belt like during an NFL football game. <laughs> I feel like that really could have put some eyes on the product. Except they're, it's we're still months away from football either well and even if even if even if everything was normal we're still three months away from football games so right be a really well, long the... little uh, hiatus there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but no that but that would be great i'm not that would be fantastic and like halftime in the middle of <laughs> july right. stadium <laughs> Like, it can't be during the game, Bill Belichick obviously. is just shooting himself on the sidelines. I'm pretty sure he's – I'm pretty Ugh. sure he got – he's playing for Tampa. That was the whole reason oh, he came yeah. back because no, he's like, oh, true. yeah, I want to play for Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, you're like, right. Tampa's way more likely to allow this. But, yeah, yes, like it obviously yes, it can't is. be like during a play. Like, our truth can't run onto the field because then you'd get killed. <laughs> but it would have to be like – yeah, during warm-ups or Ugh. at halftime or something. And – just millions of Americans would change the channel in disgust. They'd oh, be yeah. like, what is this? For this sure. is dumb. For sure. Oh, that would be funny, though. Who knows? Maybe one day. Um, anyway, so that's enough of that. After we've already lost the little audience that we have, now time Woo! to get into the actual episode for today. <sighs> um, <laughs> Harris, I hate this so much. I... I you know, for, okay, for the most part, we we obviously we pick the stupidest things that have happened in wrestling, but I would say a majority of them are stuff that's so dumb, it's it's entertaining for us. Like, maybe it wasn't entertaining at the time, maybe we're still mad that it happened, but looking back on it, it's just so dumb 
that it's just like, you know what, this is kind of fun talking about and bashing because of how dumb it is. Yep. And then occasionally there's a topic, this happens more with me than Harris, but (laughs) where I'm just like, why am I even looking this up? Like, this is so stupid. I'm angry to even be looking it up. And um, that has happened again today with, with this topic. I was just miserable the whole time, going through it, watching it, everything about it, because it's just who books this crap? That 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 it's just that just goes through my head this whole time. Um, so okay, we're gonna go to 2009 WWE because to be perfectly honest, the only time I've ever really been mad with topics it's WWE. Uh, WWE. But anyway. I was gonna say it's really fun when I can tell you have one of these topics that you just hate. It's fun to try and guess like when and what it is and who it involves it's pretty easy to guess for the I was, most yeah part. i'm like okay this is like this is like prime wwe with no competition like yep. in the late 2010s or the, you know the late 2000s yep. uh or this is something to do with triple h at any point in his career or oh. this is something to do with a wcw star coming to wwe that's usually a pretty good guess well you it's pretty, one of those three you n- nailed pretty much most of it so all right 2009 WWE, DX has reformed. <laughs> yeah. So hit it, hit the nail on the head right there. Bing, bingo. And right, um, that's one. By, by reformed, I mean Triple H and Sean would now appear on TV trying to sell merchandise. That that's basically what I mean by DX has has come back because that's all they did. They would wrestle occasionally. That's pretty mm-hmm. much all this was. Um. Now, again, while sometimes this is amusing, because both of those two are funny individuals, and they're funny together, they play off each other well, um, you know, like, like at this time, at this period, they did these fantastic Christmas commercials for different WWE products, and it's, it's so funny. It's some of my favorite segments of this period of WWE, trying to sell the Elimination Chamber, trying to sell, like, SmackDown vs. Raw 2009, like... Go and look those up if you guys haven't seen those. They're they're very funny. Now is this is this the I just kicked Stan run of DX or was that no, the one before? This? That was the one in two thousand and six. That was the one okay, before. Okay, right. So this is their third time reforming, right? Yes, and this is the last time because we're leading up to Shawn Michaels retiring at WrestleMania mm-hmm. twenty six, which is in like four months. Um, but anyway, but most of what they did is not is not good. And th- this is this is one of those times. Um, so this is the Christmas episode of Raw, which I didn't realize it was the Christmas episode till I started researching it. And then I was like, ah, I should wait and do this during the Christmas or Christmas shows because it's always tough to find Christmas stuff to talk about. But then I was like, eh, it's too late. I'm, I'm already doing this. Um, so it's December 21st, 2009. And, you know, and to be honest, this was one of those times when I was like, this whole episode could just be, like, could just be on this episode of Raw because it's one of the worst Raws of all time. Great. I mean, it is, there's not one redeeming thing. It, it is just so bad. Like, Johnny Damon is the guest host because this was during the guest host period, and he's just terrible. Like, Excellent. you know, no fault to his own, but no, no fault to him. But he is awful at this. Um, and also they're in Tampa and he just won the World Series with the Yankees. 
So he just gets booed out of the building? Because, like, what is wrong with you idiots? Why, Why did you think this was a good idea? Does he live in Tampa? I don't Why know. Why was he there? That's I don't know. So wild. Why would you bring an AL East rival who just won the World Series into Tampa? Anyway, it's a terrible I idea. don't know, but my favorite thing about the guest host era is realizing, and you're right, it was almost all terrible. Yeah. Is realizing that, like, it give it gives you an appreciation for the wrestlers' talents, and this might be a complete tangent, but like they bring in actual actors to be guest hosts a lot of the time, uh-huh. and they're not good at it. No, because cutting a promo in front of ten thousand people is different from like acting in a scene in a movie or a TV show. Like it's a different skill set, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to make it translate. And it's very funny. But the point is, like, it's bad when you get actual actors onto the show. I can't imagine how bad a professional athlete is. Bad. Who's, who's whole, bad. like, yeah. Um, Especially in in the wrong city. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I'm that sorry. too. Uh, also, I can't believe that this guest host era literally went on for, like, two and a half years. Like, Can you imagine? Years and years. It was, it's mind-boggling. It was almost never big stars either. It was no. always, like, here's a reality star but it's like please now and then like about one percent of the time it worked you know you get like a Hugh Jackman or something where right it was good but it was very rare um all right so anyway so he's terrible that's happening on this show they also make fun of the Tiger Woods sex scandal multiple times because that's what? going on at the time. That's so weirdly they topical. have a tiger like a, a, a mascot tiger like come out and be chased by, like, a blonde with a golf club. Like, a blonde girl with a golf club. For no reason. Like, while Johnny Damon is out there trying to, like, do his opening thing. And he has no idea what's going on. And then later they do a thing with, like, the tiger flirting with the Bella Twins. And then the blonde with the golf club comes chasing him again. Like, it's like, what? Why? What <laughs> What are we doing? I can't believe that they were... Like, timely with that reference. That's what shocked me about I, this. Well, sure. I guess you can give them that. Um, the 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 audience just revolts each time this happens. Um, because nobody cares, and it's just dumb. <laughs> but anyway, again, this I could do an episode on this entire show. Like, it's just nonstop bad. But we're talking about the real bad part of this show. So, um, all right. This is what we're talking about. Over the past several weeks, and Harris, you should have added this name to your little list of things that that is just that's just going to make me miserable. Hornswoggle, there it is, had been uh, trying to get the attention of his favorite wrestlers, which of course are DX. Now DX, they're not a fan of Hornswoggle, um, and so they've been. I guess the best way to put it, for lack, for really lack of a better term, they've been just straight up bullying him for weeks, and and this is right during the big anti-bullying WWE thing, so it really doesn't fit. <laughs> but like literally, they're just insulting him, making fun of him. They're hanging him on hooks, just beating the tar out of him. Like it's it's ridiculous. And so they finally, he's he's had enough, and so he sends a um. <clears throat> a little attorney to slap them with a lawsuit that requires them to attend drumroll please yes 
Little People's Court. There it is. There it is. I can't believe we haven't done this one yet. I can because I didn't want to. Um, I hate this so much. So that's where we we come into this episode of Raw. So we see Shawn Michaels. Now, this was all pre-taped. This is a second. And they say, like, earlier today uh, on the bottom of the screen. And um, we see Shawn Michaels reading reading the letter in an empty Raw arena. He's wearing reading glasses as well as he's doing it. And then Triple H comes up, and that causes Sean to, like, quickly try and hide the glasses from uh, Triple H. And Triple H, of course, making fun of him for, for getting old. Um, so that's real funny. And, uh, and again, again, remember, this is, like, the last run of Shawn Michaels. Because WrestleMania 26 is, like, four months away with him trying to... Like, get one last match with The Undertaker. And all that's going to really be kicking up by Rumble time in January. Which is fantastic. But yeah, but for some reason, we're having to endure this beforehand. Um, again, it's just... It's all just shilling merchandise. Uh, so anyway, so the note says for them to go to the ring. So they go to the ring and then no one's there. And Sean correctly deduces that they need to go under the ring because that's yes. where, because that's where, and I quote, the little troll lives. Um, so they go Makes under. To me. Everything's dark. They can't see anything, and so of course they pull out their DX glow sticks to see and let everyone know that they can be bought at the merch stand and WWEShop.com. Uh, they then find a light switch, and they are in a full-on hallway. That is clearly backstage. Are but, they? Wait, where mm-hmm. is the light switch? Like, is it? It's on the wall because they're in a hallway. Like, uh, okay. Th- they went under the ring and now they're backstage in a hallway. Got it. Okay, I'm right? Because, because you. you know, under the ring is a whole other building, basically. Mm-hmm. So they find a door and it's marked Little People's Court, which is very convenient. And inside there is a full courtroom of little people, a little people jury. A little person judge, there's a desk, an American flag, a a monitor, everything. Triple H is very amused by the little judge and and calls her little Judge Judy. And um, she wants them to sit, but Sean says he has bad knees, so he doesn't want to sit down. And then the bailiff comes over and just whacks him on the back of the knees, dropping him (laughs) down to the floor. Think Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Which, to be honest, that's the best scene in all of Dumb and Dumber. But um, it's not, it doesn't quite work here as well um, for a multitude of reasons. Now, so Shawn Michaels is on his knees right next to the bailiff. So they're about the same height. And the bailiff has thinning blonde hair in a ponytail. And Triple H starts looking back and forth between the two, insinuating that he could be Sean's son and Sean is not having any of it. Now, let's just pause for a second. Mm-hmm. The little person is clearly like the same age as Sean Michaels. Right. So WWE does this very funny thing. Yeah, wait, when it wait, comes hey, to little pe- oh, I, yep. I I have I have a little th- yes. So WWE clearly thinks that a all little people are funny <laughs> and b they are all children. Yep. Now we're going to get established 
established canon that Hornswoggle is Vince McMahon's son. Why did you have to say that? Why did you just have to remind me of that? It's important information. The people need to know. They they, to we know already did an, an episode on that, incident. and I was miserable the whole time. It's the worst thing wrestling has ever done, ever, in history. It's pretty bad. <sighs> anyway. So, they sit down in these tiny little chairs, and um, Hornswoggle then walks in, and he takes the witness stand and just starts yelling gibberish, because also... Little people can't speak English. Now, wait. Wait. Didn't you say he's been, like, trying to, like, hang out with them and yes. be their friend this whole time in the lead-up to this? Yes. Was he speaking gibberish the whole time he was doing that? Yes. Hornswoggle never speaks. Have you ever seen Hornswoggle? He just goes, I try not to. That's that's okay. good. That's very fair. Yes. No, he doesn't speak. Um, okay. No little people ever speak. Um in WWE television, ever. Except um, for the judge and jury at Little People's Court. No. No, no? they don't. No. Wait, 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 wait. This is happening and they're also not, there's no like all rise or like no. proceedings in the court? No. Dude, we buried the lead here. Wow. Okay, hang on. Oh my goodness. Okay. So one, we've established WWE thinks little people are funny not because they're like talented comedians no. or performers just the fact that they're they funny to look at hilarious yes they're, they're, they're oh, funny man. and amusing to look at they also are basically not even humans they're, they're yeah, different i was creatures. gonna say they're another species That's yes the, yeah okay um, and they're all children wow yeah man, i feel dirty now this yes. is getting this is gross yes okay. so so again in, in wwe's mind they're basically just different creatures or or well i guess really just in vince's mind um <laughs> But apparently Triple H does not speak little person, but Sean does. So he <laughs> he explains what Hornswoggle was saying and sure. uh, saying that he's suing them for emotional dis- uh, emotional duress or distress mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, and he's got video evidence. So we look to the monitor and we see a long recap of the whole angle. <laughs> see DX constantly abusing Hornswoggle, which I, I really enjoyed that part. Um Again, hanging him on hooks and all that stuff. And the only funny part is when Hornswoggle is dressed as Shawn Michaels, like with a blonde wig and a cowboy hat, and Triple H starts yelling at him that it's gimmick infringement. That made me laugh. That was that was kind of funny. But uh, so the the video finally ends, and and Shawn and Triple H are kind of looking at each other, and they're they're looking pretty sheepish and uh, nervous, and they're like, "Well, this, uh, this doesn't look good. Doesn't look good for us." Then a narrator comes in and says, we will find out what happens later that night on Raw. So the narrator walks into the room? No, 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 you just hear it going over the thing, you know, like at the end of a Batman episode. And uh, (laughs) so we're going to drag this crap out longer. This has already been a seven minute segment. (laughs) And it's not enough. So now the rest of the show goes on. I don't know. I didn't watch the whole episode. Um, the narrator seems so unnecessary because, like, you can just cut to something else. They do that we know all how the time. Work. They do this in Raw all the time. There was a whole episode I covered where they were putting Eric Bischoff on trial, yeah. and they would just cut back and forth. They didn't have to explain it I, to us. I know. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. That's absolutely just Vince thinking they have to be a parody of some legal proceeding show he's seen before. I 
I guess. I guess. Okay. Um, so, later in the show, we're back in Little People's Court, and Triple H is trying to explain himself, but he just, he literally cannot help making little puns. Like, that's the way they're, they're booking it as he's trying to genuinely explain himself, but cannot do it without making puns unintentionally. I mean, he's saying, uh, like, a little misunderstanding, um, saying, like, not that we don't like trolls. Uh, Whoa! That, yeah, like, a bunch <laughs> of these things. And so Sean then then, then inter- interrupts and is like, Let me, I'll try. Let, let me try this. And he fails as well. He says, I'll make it short um, if you just give me a tiny moment. And then he gives up and is like, I can't do it either. Um, so Hornswoggle motions to the monitor for more evidence. Now we see a clip from like a week or two ago when DX brings Hornswoggle into the ring to pretend like they are finally letting him join them, only to turn on him and pedigree him in the middle of the ring with the crowd absolutely erupting. Um, Again, we all can agree Hornswoggle is the worst. Now to no fault of him, but he's the worst and anything he does is automatically the worst thing in WWE history. It it's unbearably it makes me angry so much, probably more than Edge to be perfectly honest. Um, ah, oh, just who thought that was a good idea for a character? Or any anyway. I mean, um, you know, again, we've had Edge little person is, wrestling for decades, and, right. and you know, most of the time it's just whatever. It's an extra gimmick or something. But every now and then it can be good, like on that Shotgun Saturday Night episode we talked about, which was the best match of the whole show <laughs> right but but this character is just the worst everything about it is the worst every angle it's in is the worst it's unwatchable crap it's it's kind of remarkable that one person and one performer can just embody like all of the worst booking and storytelling instincts yeah possible because yes. like yes. you hate edge right yes but I do. like edge is edge is a bad guy usually plays a heel and does heelish things to promote wrestling feuds. Sure. Hornswoggle's entire thing is like, he's short and it's funny. And, and he's, he's supposed to be a big baby face. Right. And it, in that cute, isn't it? Isn't it funny? Look at the little guy. Look at him go like, yeah. that's it. That's yeah, all that's, the character that's is. It. That's it. Great. Um, all right. So Sean, Sean get, you know, so then of course, the uh well that's that's pretty much the end for for dx in this court proceeding so gavel comes down they're found guilty even though no one speaks um just in gibberish whatever but sean sean gets mad pops up starts yelling at everyone says hornswoggle is not joining dx he would have to do something big and ridiculous ridiculously big to find himself worthy of dx blah 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 something like that and then hornswoggle and the rest they start throwing things at dx and chase them chase them out of the room uh this goes on for a while as they keep chasing them and uh dx keeps trying to escape and then they finally get out of the ring but then sean gets pulled almost pulled back under the ring and uh but they're finally you know triple h helps them and they're finally out and and we're finally done with with that segment of little people's courts but are we finished harris I, I guess not, since you're asking. It certainly sounds like we would be. That sounds like a natural ending point. Nope, it's not. Because we're going to cut to way later in the show. Um, 
Big now let me just briefly preface this. Big Show has been bashing on Santa Claus all show. Um, <laughs> and there's been like many different Santa Clauses showing up backstage. So that's been happening because I don't know why. We've had like Sergeant Slaughter be a Santa Claus, Dusty Rhodes be a Santa Claus. I don't uh, IRS being Santa backstage, I, I don't know why. Santino came out at one point. Anyway, there, there, this has been a th- running thread of different Santas. But anyway, Big Show's not happy with Santa because, you know, he's a bad guy. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the week before he was a good guy. I don't know. That's just normally <laughs> yeah, the way Big Show is. I was literally about to say, for this week at yeah, least, Yeah, for he's this a bad week. Guy. Um, so anyway, so Big Show comes out to the ring and he wants to confront Santa Claus because he has a wish that needs to be granted by the real Santa Claus. Not all these Wait. not all these fake Santa Clauses that we've seen all show. Is that part of the Santa mythology that he grants wishes? I Well I yeah, right? That. You ask what you want for Christmas. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, I I guess, yeah, right? I mean, I guess I, it sounds more like a genie when you put it that way. True, but, but if you really think about it, what's the difference? No, I guess it's it is a wish list. Okay, yeah. I stand corrected. Um. So anyway, so he, he so he, now here comes Santa, fully equipped with a Titantron entrance music, and with of course the resident escorts of WWE, the Bella Twins on on each arm as comes walking down to the ring. Um, sure. We get the best line of the night when Cole Cole asks Lawler what he thinks Big Show wants, and Lawler asks for Christmas. Cole's like, "No, for Valentine's Day, of course, Christmas." That's <laughs> and you know amazing. this was not intentional. This was not like a pre-planned bit by these Good. two, and Cole legitimately just starts laughing. He's like, "What? No, what is wrong it's- with you?" It's a rare moment, but oh. Michael Cole breaking character is one of the purest things in wrestling. It's pretty good. It, it is pretty good. So that that made me laugh because Lawler, I don't know if he just wasn't paying attention or whatever. Just like what you know, <laughs> just like for Christmas. What do you mean? Cole's like, no, Valentine's Day, of course, Christmas. You moron. Perfect. Perfect. That was uh, that was very funny. So Santa Santa grabs a mic and starts talking. Now Harris, are you familiar? With uh, the show Family Guy? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, you know Stewie in Family Guy. Yeah. Well, imagine Santa sounding like that. Because he does, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> is, is that intentional? Like, is that yes. a joke? I don't... Okay. It, it is intentional. Um, okay. I, I don't know if it's intentional, like... Oh, let's sound like Stewie intentional, but like the voice is being made intentionally. That's for sure. This is not a real voice. Um. Okay, and then and then we get a nice. This is another funny segment because you know Big Show is big, right? So yeah. How in the world could he? You know, could he sit on Santa's lap? Well, he couldn't. So of course. Santa's going to sit on Big Show's lap. And, you know, that's really funny because, you know, that's not that's not how it's supposed to go. It's supposed to go the other way, and it's not, so so it's funny because WWE is, is funny. 
Oh man. Um. So Big Show says he want what he wants for Christmas is for his best friend and tag team partner Chris Jericho to be back on Raw. Now I did not look anything else up. I don't know why he's not on Raw. I I don't I don't know what's going on. But that's what he wants. Santa hesitates, saying Jericho's been a pretty bad boy, but he finally relents and says Jericho will be back on Raw next week. Dumbass Irish music hits, and here comes Hornswoggle, <laughs> again dressed in DX gear. He comes in, rips the beard off Santa, revealing him to, of course, be Chris Jericho the whole time. <laughs> okay, I was not expecting that. Wow, really? <laughs> No, I thought it was just like a bad Santa impression. Like they just got a Santa Claus from a mall. Nope, it's Jericho doing a Stewie impression as the voice. That's incredible. Okay, it I is, have to watch this No, now. you're giving him too much credit. It is maybe not incredible. I maybe I would have noticed if I was watching it, but just hearing you describe it, I, I really thought I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is the real Santa, so it's just some guy. No, wow. uh, okay. it might, it's it's probably going to be more obvious when watching it. Um, oh, okay. But I intentionally did not want that to be revealed. Um, all right, so Hornswog, of course, runs out of the ring after as they go after him, and, and he runs under the ring. And then sure. a whole army of little people emerge. Naturally. All dressed in DX gear, and uh, Michael Cole is literally, like, almost crying laughing. I, I don't know why, because it's not funny, but I guess it is. I don't know. Um, He finds it very funny. The little people are then, of course, beaten down by Jericho and Big Show in the middle of the ring, because why did they think that was a good idea? They then go grab Hornswoggle, and he's, like, cornered in one of the... Not by one of the ring posts, like, inside the ring. And then... um. Then he starts tuning up the band. <laughs> okay. And, you know, that, that amuses Jericho and Big Show, because, like, what is he going to do? He's Hornswoggle. He thinks he's Shawn Michaels? What is this? Right. Like, what's the uppermost range of his suite? It's a suite. Oh, oh God. Uh, uh, wait, 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 yep. wait. Oh, he then it out. goes and hits Jericho with sweet shin music. There it is! <laughs> I got there right before you did. You could hear it in my voice. I was like, what can you possibly... Oh, no. Oh, no. Which, okay, for everything I hate, that is a fantastic name. I will give them credit for that. But it. But anyway, so Big oh, Show then just grabs goodness. Hornswoggle. It's about to kill him with a choke slam. <laughs> Literally has him picked up by the throat. But then here comes DX to a huge pop, I guess just because, I don't know, some, well, something's going to be done. Save. That's an easy pop, no matter who they're saving. So they come out and they beat on Big Show and Jericho and force them out of the ring. Now, the backstory of this was they have just, they're, they're the, DX, they're the tag team champions and have beat, they beat Jericho and Big Show for the title. So, so I guess there's kind of a feud going on there. Um, Hornswoggle then comes in and celebrates with them but triple h and sean grab microphones and and triple h just goes let's squash him and i agree i agree with this sentiment completely but sean then waits he says wait and it's christmas and triple h replies you know what i want for christmas i want to squash him 
Um, but Sean then then brings up the fact that Hornswoggle did in fact do something big, like they did like they did ask of him earlier. And Sean, Sean then, this is just the most amazing part. Sean then is like, "Can we keep him? <laughs> I'll feed him. I'll clean out his cage. I'll take oh. him for walks." So again, not only let's just back up a bit. Not only are little people funny just innately because they're mm-hmm. small, mm-hmm. they can't speak English, so they're basically mm-hmm. you know not really humans. They now are dogs that can be owned. Hilarious. Yeah, the cage comment isn't is what that really... so funny. It's super funny. It's hilarious because they're short. Like, it would be one thing. It would still be bad if it was just Hornswoggle and he said all this stuff. We've established in this episode that they have an entire society. Yes. That is advanced enough to have things like law and order and justice and a courtroom and a jury of theoretically one's own peers. And he's Mm -hmm. still like, nah, dog. Small man dog. Yep. Woo! Yep. Um... So Triple H relents, and he says that Hornswoggle can't be an actual member of DX because they have a height requirement. Uh-oh. Again, it doesn't end. But he can be their mascot. There it is. Well, Hornswoggle is elated, running around the ring, super happy, celebrating with him. You know, the music hits. They do the ch- the, the crotch chops with the X fireworks going and... Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and that's the end of the that's the end of the show. That ends the worst <laughs> one of the worst segments on one of the worst raws of all time. And this is the really sad part, which I saw someone make a point of. Um, after this, of course, a few months later, Shawn Michaels, you know, would retire after uh, the. Um, after WrestleMania, and then Triple H would get hurt the month after that at Extreme Rules and would be out for basically a year. And in the meantime, Hornswoggle would keep appearing as the mascot of DX on WWE programming with no Shawn Michaels and no Triple H. So the last remaining member... (laughs) Hornswoggle. Well, I mean, if it was all about selling merchandise, then why give up that cash cow, right? Oh, man. Imagine explaining Uh, that to your friend in 2010. When they're like, what is this DX this guy's talking about? You're like, it's... It's a whole thing. (laughs) I hate everything. I hate everything. I knew I, I knew about Little People's Court, right? I don't think you can be a wrestling fan for a few years and not have heard of that. I never knew it was on the Christmas episode. Yep. That's and, – and not only the Christmas episode, but four months before Shawn Michaels would retire in what was like an incredible run from the Rumble to Elimination Chamber yes, to is. WrestleMania, like genuinely awesome. Mm-hmm. And like three weeks before that, he was doing this. Yep. That's – that's an incredible turnaround. And I don't like, you know, that's not a credit to him. He didn't write any of it, but <laughs> I think that might be like the worst to first, like the greatest swing in a four month period of time that I've ever heard of. It, it, it might be, it's, 
it's quite a change from all this to then the greatest moment in probably the history of the Royal Rumble. Imagine, imagine if the streak ended with Hornswoggle interfering for Shawn Michaels to win. Imagine if that was the direction they went with. They're like, nope, we're really doubling down on this one. <sighs> See, it could have been worse, right? True. That's one thing we found out about WWE. It literally always could have been worse. I mean, they could have like done that whole thing, and then Shawn Michaels could have come back and wasted his retirement for a garbage <sighs> match in a dictatorship. You know, like against they could have done that against Hornswoggle. Again, it always could have been worse. Oh, could have been worse. Um. Oh boy, that uh. I I hate wrestling. I I hate I hate it so much. <laughs> That's when you know you have a good topic when you get to the end of the episode and you're just like, "Why do we do this?" Like, I hate WWE. It's a beautiful day outside. <laughs> I hate everybody. I hate everyone. Anyway, that's the end of this crap. And um, don't ever watch any of it. Don't ever watch anything with Hornswoggle ever. Um, uh, just no, no, no. It needs to be forgotten about forever after after we just talked about it. Oh, man. All right, that does it for this this episode um, of Behind the Gorilla. But real quick, Harris, do you have any final thoughts to say about, about mm. anything? Mm. I thought the WLC match he was in was pretty good. That If you're going to watch one Hornswoggle thing, watch that. I disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> it's absolutely fair. That could be a whole other episode. Um, oh, jeez. Okay. Now, now we're done. That That's it. Yep. That's it for this crap. Thanks so much for listening to Behind the Gorilla. We'll have a less stupid topic next week because any topic is less stupid than what we just what we just talked about. So that goes without saying. It will be a less stupid topic, but hopefully just as entertaining. Um, all right. Let's just end into the, the show. I was going to say, just cut the cord, man. Fo- follow us on Twitter at behind <laughs> underscore gorilla. We follow back wrestling fans. Also follow us on Instagram, the same tag at behind underscore gorilla. Follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm Matt Harris Wilson. Let's do that as well. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Next week.